0: fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever and with fishing booker you can experience it too no matter where you are discover your next adventure on fishing booker
1: so you're hunting turkeys in the winter time well actually it's spring but it feels like winter on this episode i'm going to talk about how to optimize your gear and tactics to help you find the best chances of success and welcome to another episode of the new hunters guide the podcast and youtube channel helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters i'm your host george Canitas, and today we are talking about hunting turkeys when it is cold and frigid out there you see turkey hunting is a beautiful thing that takes place in the springtime but sometimes in the springtime you get mornings that are like the winter time and so You know, you might be used to hunting on 50-degree mornings or 60-degree mornings. What do you do when it's 24? Do you still go out? Do you still hunt? Can you still take turkeys? Well, you absolutely can. It doesn't mean that you will because the game changes on those extra cold days. And what do you have to do to adapt? Well, the first thing you need to do is hit the subscribe button to this podcast because there's going to be a lot more turkey hunting episodes coming this season. And there are dozens of them on the website at thenewhuntersguide.com. And if you've listened to any of them before, you should probably go to iTunes and leave a five-star review with comment to help this podcast reach more people. I would really appreciate it. But the thing, guys, that most people don't realize... Is that turkey hunters tend to be the most undergeared hunters in the woods? All right, we are an undergeared breed. Now, what do I mean by that? Oh, we spend a lot of money on turkey hunting gear. Don't get me wrong. We spend a lot of money on shotguns, we spend a lot of money on optics. My goodness, do we spend some money on turkey loads? I was pricing some TSS loads this year. You're talking some loads up to $15, $20 a shot for tungsten TSS 18 GCC. Number nine shot loads with two or two and a quarter ounces of shot. There are some ridiculously priced loads out there, but we'll pay it. We'll pay it, not all of us, but some of us will pay it. When we'll pay lots of money for calls, we'll, we'll collect entire collections of calls, we'll collect calls from famous dead call makers, and pay fortunes of money for calls sometimes. And we'll buy every brand's new call, because that could be the new hotness, that could be the thing. We'll get all kinds of stuff, we'll get special chairs, we'll get special vests, we will get all kinds of camo but we tend to be under-geared when it comes to what we're actually wearing. When it comes to our base layers, when it comes to the fabrics and the materials and the things that we're wearing, we tend to be under-geared. And part of the reason for that is that the springtime tends to be warm, so people don't tend to develop you know, high-performance turkey hunting gear, uh, options. They don't tend to spend a lot of money on that stuff because much of the time they don't really need it. They don't need the kind of gear that a deer hunter needs to sit still and motionless in an area for eight hours in blistering cold and wind because they're not facing those conditions. And if they start getting cold, they just get up and move and go hunt and call or run and gun or do whatever. Also, they don't have the all day hunt because in most places, you can only hunt until noon and often in the places you can hunt later well that's the later part of the season and you know by 3 p.m in may it's usually going to be pretty warm and so turkey hunters can somehow get away with a lot less gear or lower quality lower standard of gear than people that are deer hunting or waterfowl hunting or elk hunting you're just able to do more with less much of the time. And of course if the weather's really bad, we just don't go out because the turkeys aren't moving, the turkeys aren't gobbling. It's you can't really hunt them well if the weather's bad. And so we sort of find ourselves in, as in this sort of fair weather, you know, hunters, you know, waterfowl hunters, they're looking for the coldest, wettest, windiest, most miserable days because those are the days where you're likely to have the most waterfowl movement. Um, so then you, you develop a set of gear that can enable you to withstand those conditions. Turkey hunters are the opposite. We're looking for the nicest, best, prettiest days and that's when we want to go out and and there's some truth to those are the days where the turkeys tend to move more and be more huntable so um it's not just a matter that oh well turkey hunters are cheaper than other kinds of hunters that's not really it like like i said we will spend money on all kinds of stuff we just don't often tend to need that level of gear for clothing and base layers and mid layers and outer layers to hunt turkeys that hunters hunting other things may need also there's a little bit of um i don't know i don't know of of a right politically correct way to say this but there is sort of a turkey hunting culture that is born in the hills and in the mountains and you know sort of uh uh you know i don't want to say a poor man's sport but there's, there is a turkey hunting culture that's sort of, you know, we'll make our, we'll, we'll, you know, the first pot calls, they're called pot calls because they broke a pot or found a broken pot. And they found when they scratched it with a stick, it sounded like a turkey. And so, you know, we're hunting, improvising what we're doing. And, um, you know, it just sort of comes from, and there's a lot of other words that I know here, guys, that are big words and, you know, sociological words and things like that that I could say, but I'm sure they would be offensive to certain groups. So there's no reason to to throw any of that out there right now. Uh, I'm not an idiot who doesn't know any of the details. I'm just trying to refrain from saying anything that's going to unnecessarily paint people in a negative light. But the bottom line is there is a turkey hunting culture that is low budget, improvised equipment, do whatever you can and sort of love of the sport drives you on sort of approach and I'm not against any of that you know I I've taught for years about improvised equipment and things like that especially for new hunters that can't afford to go out and drop hundreds of dollars on their first turkey season to get into the woods and they don't even know if they like it yet that's crazy but that said You know, you get out there a couple seasons, you're gonna start running into some cold days sooner or later. So how do you hunt them? Well, there's two things that are the the primary factors you need to consider. One is gear and the other is tactics. So I'll talk about gear first and then I'll talk about the change in tactics because the turkeys change and what they tend to do on those colder days. But when it comes to gear, you need to dress for the weather and that's not just as simple as putting on more layers. I've ter- told this story before, um but you know, I was a deer hunter who was going out on the coldest days of the season and I found myself in a tree stand one day and it was I don't know, low 20s, mid 20s, windy. I think it was like right around 22 actually. Was the like the forecasted, you know, high for that part of the day. And it was really windy and I had so many layers on. When I got into the car, I barely was able to sit in my seat. I mean, I could almost not sink down into my seat all the way to reach the pedals because I had so many layers on. And I remember thinking, huh, well, can't dress any warmer than this. And the idea was bulk wise. I just couldn't put any more clothes on and still drive to the hunting spot. And by nine o'clock in the morning, I was so cold, I was shivering and, um, you know, the wind would blow and go right through me. And I remember shooting a deer at like nine thirty. I could not climb down easily or safely. I was so cold, so stiff. I mean, I literally am up there stretching, trying to get my blood working up just to be able to use my, my arms and legs properly to climb down from the tree stand. I had to drag the deer back and forth with the guts in it to work up enough body heat, enough core temperature to use my fingers properly to gut the deer. It's 9.30 in the morning. It's in the 20s. It's not that cold. And then, of course, I got the deer home, got it to the, to the butcher, super happy. The next day, I came down and got sick. And that was like the second or third time, I think that season, that there had been a similar story. It was out, got super cold, ended up getting sick because of it. And I remember sitting there thinking, okay, I need to do something differently. I can't just wear more layers. I cannot wear one more layer. More layers isn't the answer. I need better layers. And I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to find better layers. I knew in the fancy hunting stores, there were racks and racks of stuff that cost hundred dollars and $200, but I didn't know why and I always made fun of them and the people that bought them. And I was like, you know, I can get camo pants for 15 bucks. Why do I need to pay 150? And I was just completely ignorant to the details and the truth and the materials and what better equipment was and why it was better. And just because something's expensive doesn't mean that it's good. Um, There's lots of expensive stuff that really has no advantage over cheap stuff. But then there's some cheap to moderate price stuff that because of what it's made of and how it's constructed, it can go toe to toe with stuff that costs 400% more. And so what I've set out to do was to learn about gear, to learn about equipment, to learn about fabrics and materials and you know what is wool and what is merino wool and what is Thinsulate and what is Primaloft and what is Gore-Tex and what are all these other materials and you know how come these cotton pants and cotton base layers that I'm wearing aren't helping me and all these other things and then I began to realize oh wow I've been wearing some of the dumbest stuff I could be wearing and I don't have what I need But the bottom line is layers and barriers. You need to have layers and barriers. Layers trap the heat and barriers keep the weather out. That's wind, that's water, that's whatever. For the turkey hunter, it's mostly wind. But you need layers and barriers and not all layers are created equal. Certain materials like cotton, they're relatively warm. Until they get wet, then they lose 90% of their insulative properties. Whereas there are other materials that when they get wet, they retain 90% of their insulative properties. And so if you're moving and climbing hills and climbing valleys and you're working up a sweat and you get wet wearing certain gear and the wind blows, you can be borderline hypothermic in an hour. And then there's other gear where you do the exact same thing and you climb and you sweat and you're soaked and it gets cold and the wind blows and you don't even feel it. And you're dry within an hour, whereas the other gear never dry. Um, And so, you know, there are differences here in gear and quality of gear and types of gear. And a lot of the better gear is not cheap. It is not. And so you have to make some decisions on where do you want to spend your money. And so the easiest thing to do is if it's super cold and you're hunting turkeys, just don't go out that day. That's the cheapest thing to do. That's the easiest thing to do. And I am not telling you not to do that. right? I'm not telling you to go out anyway when it's super cold. You should only go out anyway if you have the gear for it and if you're comfortable under those conditions. The easiest and cheapest thing you can do is just not go out that morning. It's too cold. It's not worth it. I don't need to get sick. I don't need to freeze. I don't need to have a miserable time. And that's easier than going and spending a bunch of money or spending a bunch of time finding cheaper gear that can do the job. And so the number one option is just don't hunt turkeys when it's that cold. And for a lot of people, that's probably the the advice for you. You just shouldn't go out that day. If you're not equipped, if you don't have what you need, then stay home. But there are others that want to soldier on that, that are up for the challenge or like me, you've already scheduled that day off and it's not easy to move those days off that are scheduled once they're scheduled. And so you've got a day off and you're scheduled and you've got the time to go out or that's your one Saturday to go out and you want to go out anyway. And so what do you do? Well, you could go out and buy a whole bunch of gear that's not i that's not really feasible for most people. So, uh, if you have gear for other pursuits, you can maybe multi-purpose some of it. But so here's what you're looking for for those kind of days. You need good quality base layer. Something that is going to pull moisture off your body and wick it away and evaporate it and keep you dry, but it's going to provide substantial warmth and insulation. You then need some sort of quality mid-layer. Again, none of these layers should be cotton. Something that again can keep you warm, insulate you even when wet, but then take that moisture and push it out. And then you need some kind of barrier layer. Something that is gonna keep the wind at bay. Now it doesn't have to be waterproof. It doesn't have to be Gore-Tex. All right, Gore-Tex is a great material But it's not necessary for all the things people think they need it for. Because you're probably not hunting turkeys in the rain because turkeys aren't doing much in the rain. It's not just like, oh, well, I'm just going to brave the rain and go out there and hunt the turkeys. Yeah, well, the turkeys aren't going to be out there. So you're not gaining anything if it's pouring down rain. Now, you might have a drizzle here and there, which is fine. That's not going to hurt the hunt. But you don't need Gore-Tex for a drizzle. And so there's a lot of things that are windproof, water resistant that can give you all that you need and so you know there's a lot of soft shell jackets that are out there there are a lot of materials that are similar to gore-tex but cost a fraction of what gore-tex costs there are things even like um you know materials that have been waxed or have a dwr coating on them things like that that are water resistant that are wind resistant that are going to enable you to hunt under colder conditions, keep your hot air in, keep the cold air and wind out. And those are things that you need. However, what makes turkey hunting extra hard is that it's got to be quiet. You know, there's some great duck hunting gear and it's super strong and super durable and super warm, but it is not quiet and you're not going to be able to move easily and adjust and 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 pull a gun on a turkey and do what you need to do and be stealthy enough to hunt turkeys effectively. So you need stuff that is super duper quiet. Now, if your budget's unlimited, I could point you to some amazing gear if you're willing to spend tons of money, but that's just not feasible for most people. And it doesn't make sense to do for most people, right? You know, why would I go out and, and buy a, you know, outstanding $250 jacket? that has a uh, you know wind-resistant, stretch-fit material with Primaloft internals and all these other things that is dead quiet to hunt one or two extra days a year. That doesn't make a lot of sense to invest that kind of money in a piece of gear you're rarely going to use. So I'm not advocating that you do that. Um, However, if you're buying gear for other things, you may want to keep in mind, what could I multi-purpose this for? How could I get more days and more use out of this particular gear in order to justify the expense? That's worth giving some thought to. So you need to do some kind of creative gear. Um, Sometimes what people will do is they will get some sort of good barrier layer, even if it's super noisy, And they'll wear it, and then they'll put a quieter layer over top, like a camo fleecy or something on the outside, to keep things quiet. So when they touch the layer, that it's not making all this noise. And every time they move, they're not making all this noise. And so there's there's sort of workarounds, things like that you can do. But you got to have decent layers. You got to have good boots. You got to have boots that are somewhat insulated, somewhat water or wind resistant got to have good socks. I recommend everybody have a good pair of high quality, thick merino wool socks. I think that uh, darn tough makes the best one on the market that I've touched thus far. They're heavyweight hunter over the calf or boot sock, super thick, super warm, 80% merino wool, keeps you warm, keeps you dry. And they have a lifetime guarantee and they better for what they cost. You pay $30, $33 for a pair of socks, one pair, but they have a lifetime warranty, and they are the warmest, best-performing socks that I have yet seen or touched. And I use them all the time. I use them for everything. I use them to hunt deer. I use them to hunt turkeys. I use them to hunt ducks, pheasants. I use them if I'm sitting, if I'm climbing, if I'm walking, if I'm in a blind, if I'm in waders. I use them for everything. They're outstanding. And so you got to have quality socks, and a nice over-the-calf sock is good because it helps keep the whole bottom half of your leg warm, not just your feet and your toes. So you need to think about footwear, but you also got to be able to move. And One of the ways that you can add a little zing without adding a lot of dollars is by throwing some hand warmer packs in your toes and your boots putting some hand warmer packs in your pockets so when your hand gets cold you put it in your pocket and it's already warm because you're creating heat with these one dollar hand warmers get some hand warmer packs stuff them in your gloves or wherever you can just to add a little bit more heat to your ecosystem so things like that can be nice they can make a difference they can boost your ability to hunt Um, you know things like heated vests they've got batteries and they're powered Uh, I've used one from Go Hunt Vest, and there's lots of others out there that, that make things that are very similar and comparable in effectiveness, and those kind of things can be kind of cool for turkey season, no pun intended, because you put this vest on, it's warm in and of itself by itself, and you hike out there, and you're hunting, and you sit down for a couple hours, and you know it's cold and the wind blows and you're getting chilled you push the button turn the vest on boom you've got a lot more heat than you did and then you said I'm gonna get up and go running and gun and you just turn the vest off and then it starts to cool down and so you're able to moderate that it's as if you're adding another layer by pushing a button or taking a layer off by pushing a button and so those can be some things there and you can use that to hunt lots of things other than turkeys Right? I got it one to hunt deer with and to hunt waterfowl with, things where I was going to be sitting a long time. But I found that it's actually surprisingly effective for hunting things where you're going to be moving and sitting or some combination of things where you don't want to wear a lot of extra layers you have to take off and you can just turn the vest on and off. Or the heated jackets and all sorts of things like that. Those can be tools that you can use for any hunting season. So that's the gear side. You gotta have gear that'll stand up to the elements that'll keep you warm and dry, that'll keep the wind out um, but that's still within what you're able to piece together budget wise or time wise. The other side is tactics. So sometimes there's no always in turkey hunting. If anybody ever does give you an always you should you should look at them really skeptically. sometimes or even much of the time, when you get really cold weather like that, it's going to affect the turkey's behavior. They may not gobble as much. They may not gobble at all. They may change their priorities some. However, a turkey's a turkey. And a turkey is going to roost. A turkey's going to fly down from that roost. A turkey is going to eat. A turkey is going to try and mate, if it's the mating season. Whether they gobble or not, whether they're vocal or not. And so if it's cold like that and you don't hear gobbling, you shouldn't be discouraged because that doesn't mean there are no turkeys nearby. What you do need to be is extra on guard, extra alert, because those birds could be coming in at any time. They could be coming in from anywhere you don't know what's gonna happen. They could be right there, they might not, but they could just pop up after you call a few times and boom, you don't see them until they're right within gun range. And if you're not ready, if you're not on your guard, then you're not gonna have your gun ready, you're gonna spook them trying to get ready. So you you gotta approach it with slightly different tactics when it's this cold. And realize that the turkeys may not behave the same way. And some people just don't want to do that. They're like, hey, that's not fun. Turkeys aren't going to gobble. I don't want to hunt them. Well, that's fine. Stay home. That's it's not a problem. It's an easy fix. However, if I'm hunting turkeys, I'm not in the woods to hear a gobble. I'm in the woods to get a turkey. That's why I'm there. And if I've got the day off, if I have the time, if I have the opportunity to go, and I can go, I want to go. And so whether they're going to be gobbling or not, I'm gonna be out there. I'm gonna find turkey spots. I'm gonna I'm gonna follow my scouting. I'm gonna hunt on sign, and I'm gonna to try to hunt turkeys, but I'm gonna hunt them a little differently. I'm gonna set up in areas where I've got good cover and good shots from. Running and gunning, maybe not the best strategy, because um, if they're not gonna gobble, that that's really hard to do. So, but I might move into an area, might sit there for an hour or two, call. Might get up, move into another area for a couple hours. You know, might might get through two or three areas in a day. Who knows? That's not really running and gunning. But on a day like this, that may be what you need to do because they may not respond. They may not be vocal, but they may still come in. And so if you're aware of that, if you know that, if you expect that, then you need to be extra stealthy and you need to be extra aware and alert and on guard. And of course, if you're trying to be extra stealthy, your gear needs to be extra quiet, which makes it all the harder to hunt with gear that is not optimized for this pursuit. And so, um, you know, the tactics here adjust some, but it's really the expectation that needs to adjust the most. Because if your expectation is properly aligned, your alertness and your activity is going to change to adapt to that. But of course, then the gear matters even more, especially if you're gonna be sitting for longer than you would normally be sitting. So you're sitting for longer on days when it's colder and then that just amplifies whether or not your gear is up to the job or not. So these are all things you need to think about, you need to weigh, you need to decide, should I go or should I stay? And what do I need to get together before the turkey season so that you're ready? You already know, okay, if I have days that are like that, I've got ideas. I've got gear that I can wear. You know, the thrift store, it can be a great place to find turkey hunting gear. It really can. It can be a great place to do it. Uh, my wife goes to thrift stores a lot, and she has found me some amazing deals on hunting gear. I mean amazing deals. Uh, she has gotten me some stuff that costs three, $400 new, and she picks it up for 10 or 20 bucks at the thrift store just outstanding stuff that doesn't happen every day of course she's not going there every day and she's not necessarily looking for this stuff but every now and then she comes across it but if you go to places thrift stores discount stores things that are like that in time you will come across things that you would say hey that would be good for this that would be good for that i can pick this up cheap There's been times where I've gotten stuff and I didn't really know yet what I was going to use it for, but I knew it filled a certain niche and I knew sooner or later I was going to have a use for that. And then lo and behold, sometime later, a year later, a couple years later, I'm like, oh, that's what I need that for. This is the right day. Or I start hunting something new and realize, hey, this would be perfect for this kind of game or this kind of weather or these kind of days. And then you've got it and you paid very little for it. And so that's something you do year-round, before the season, during the season, after the season, to acquire the gear that you need, in order to hunt under the conditions that you plan to go out in. So guys, I hope this is helpful for you. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Check out all the other episodes on turkey hunting. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much for watching. And by all means, please send me some feedback. I want to see pictures of turkeys. I want to see how you do this season. I really appreciate you. God bless you, and go get them in the woods.